Hello, Greyhound. This is Trap One. Do you read me? Over. Welcome to the Trap One Podcast. I'm Mark McManus. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Ginger Horsley, who's the creative behind A Pile of Good Things, an 11th Doctor charity magazine. Hi, Ginger. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. So, uh, well, the project looks really exciting. We'll talk about that in a moment, and it's all for a good cause. Um, but how did you get into Doctor Who? Can you remember your first story or anything like that? Oh, yes, definitely. I was I got into Doctor Who in 2008. Um, one of my my friend at the time, he was like super, super, super into it from the classic and everything like that. And he talked about it a lot. And I remember I came home from work. I had, at the time I was like I think 16. And I got home from my job. I worked at a restaurant. And at the time, Doctor Who in 2008 aired in the U.S. on the Sci-Fi Channel. And I turned on my TV, and an episode was on. And it was like just at the beginning of the episode. It was midnight. And so midnight, I watched with like almost no context. I had no clue who that the redheaded lady was, who was Donna. And I didn't get anything, but it was a, I really enjoyed watching it. And so after that episode, I turned to my, I, you know, I PM'd my friends and I was like, okay, tell me everything about this show now. I am suddenly interested in everything you've been talking about for the past two years. I want to know everything about it. So I, you know, kind of like cobbled through watching 10 stuff that was, as it was airing on sci-fi channel. And then I was watching some classic stuff from, you know, my friend. Um, and then getting into it and I just got, I just kind of like from that point onward, I was into the show. So like from there, it was kind of like, uh, right after that, you know, Tennant announced he was leaving. And so then I experienced the whole rigmarole with the casting and 11 mm-hmm. and, you know, all that stuff. So it kind of started from there. And I, you know, I didn't learn until later that midnight is like maybe not a great episode to start off on. <laughs> it's a very atypical episode, isn't it? It is. And it's like. You know, it's 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 scary, and um, it's also one of those like the solo doctor episodes with, with like the companion not really being in it and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And so, it's funny seeing people kind of cite it as like, oh, it's one of like the top, like the most frightening kind of episodes. I'm mm-hmm. like, it was my first episode. <laughs> yeah, I think every, it's great that every episode is somebody's first episode, it's somebody's favorite episode, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, think- I always like the idea of like if you have like a just any episode could be anybody's first one, and you're just like I. You always kind of wonder like how does this come off to a person if like this is their very first exposure to this? Like how does that come across to them? And sometimes it's really funny to think about. Yeah, and it's something that I think you see on Twitter. It really worries a, do- a lot of Doctor Who fans, don't they? Like, how will a casual viewer react to this? And I just think, I just think you don't need to worry about it. You know, if, I think if you are the sort of person that Doctor Who is going to appeal to, um, it, you're just going to get into it. You know, like you say, you watch an episode yeah. that, that's really unusual. Um, it's you know, it's, it's it's very different to anyone in that season or even like the rest of the new series. But um, I think if it's going to get you, it's going to get you basically. And uh, the the stuff that you know, if there's references to the past, they're just going to go over your head. Um, and right, but like it, it, it. it doesn't. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but they don't like take away. It's, I always think that the good thing about the Doctor Who references a lot of times is that they're just like they're kind of fun inside jokes and you know nods to the fact that this show is closer to sixty years old than it is to fifty years old at this point. So there's a lot to reference. Yeah, uh, and I think it's like um, like I watch a lot of obviously American TV and and you know in. Um, Stuff like the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or the Good Place, there's tons of cultural references that I don't get, 
Um, mm-hmm. But you just let them go by and you, you get all the jokes and the references that uh, they do mean something. You know, it doesn't sort of alienate you as a viewer. I always think it's funny. So just on that note, so a show I got into at the same time as Doctor Who was Mystery Science Theater 3000. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or... I don't think yeah. so, no. It, I think a few seasons of it aired in the UK and what I heard. It's like the, it was this show that ran for over 10 years and now it got a revival on Netflix. And it's a, it's this thing where the long and short of it is guy and two robots are forced to watch bad movies from like the 50s and they riff, they make jokes about them on top. And it when I watched it as like a teenager and the show was made in the 90s and all their joke they're joking for two hours. And so you... As a teenager, I understood some of their jokes, mm-hmm. but then I, I found the whole thing very funny. But then because of that, because of what they're joking to, I was like, oh, what is that that you're talking about? Or what's this? Or what's that? And so then I, I got all this humor that I'm too young to know or that I shouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was very interesting. So I, I kind of like would look into it. And so then, I, you know, then you know more. And I think that's the thing with Doctor Who is like you don't maybe if you don't get it but you want to know it you'll look into it and then you end up watching a bunch of old episodes or just like reading the wikis for hours on end to find out old stuff yeah definitely and 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 doctor is great show for that generally i think isn't it if you've got like um a historical set episode you know it, may, it drives you to learn a little bit more about um the people at the time uh that it's set in if it's one that you're not familiar with so it's mm-hmm. uh, a good kind of uh, yeah launch pad for, for different stuff. Uh, and Doctor is a great show for sort of inspiring people to be creative as well. Um, recently, uh, Masterpieces, the charity anthology with stories about the masters, come out, which um, I was lucky enough to have a story accepted for. And you designed the cover for. Yep. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, how did I get How did I get tapped for the cover? Yeah. I was just I was told by Paul like Hey, can you do the cover? And I was like, Sure. Okay. <laughs> Sure thing, Paul. And um, so that's like I, I do stuff. I work with Paul and his um, his line of books, Alteryx books. He and his his writing partner, Cara. Mm-hmm. She's my friend who I went to. I she and I went to the uh, to the UK this past summer. Um, and so you know, she's my friend, and she's his friend. And we also we actually met him, and it was really cool. Um, but anyway, like um, I work with them, and I do some. I I've done. Um, uh, two book covers for Ultrix, um, maybe three. I, <laughs> I'm trying to remember like who, what, like it did a book come under a certain publisher, but, uh, with those three involved, I did, or those two involved, I did three books. Basically I did the cover for seasons of war Gallifrey. And that was a couple of years ago at this point, um, unearthed, which was, uh, another charity anthology. And then the cover for masterpieces and we're, you know, working on, I'm working on more covers for them for their future books and uh, all that kind of stuff. Cool. And um, were you given any direction for masterpieces or was it uh, you kind of given a totally free hand for that? Um, I was, I was basically told to, yeah, I could do whatever I wanted in a sense. And all I did was kind of pitch an idea like, Hey, I'm thinking of since you have so many, um, you have so many characters and I'm thinking about stuff like, I don't know if we can if we can use faces or should use faces, and there's just so many characters that I don't want to try and cram all of them into one cover, or I don't want to like try and elevate one over the other. So what if we what if it was like a still life instead? Because so many of these props and objects have meaning to certain characters and certain masters and all that kind of stuff, and that's mm-hmm. how that 
came about. And then I was also really lucky because a lot of those pieces, I actually, I own stuff that I could use for a reference. And I was like, Oh, my, my China teacups can come in handy now. And, you know, I have, uh, you know, I, I, I have like a pocket watch I can use for a reference and that's always really nice because then you're not, you know, Googling things and desperately looking for angles of, um, pocket watches to reference, which is, you know, circles are hard to draw at at an angle. Cool. It's a very, really striking cover, really bright and everything. It's, uh, it's really good. Oh, that's really my, that's totally my signature style. The, the bright saturated colors. <laughs> that's, that's how, you know, I made something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. And your, um, project at the moment is a pile of good things. Um, which obviously, um, focus on the 11th doctor. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that's not your first doctor, but the doctor that you were there for the beginning of his era, um, yeah, he was like the first in terms of like, um, you know, my first from the, the you know, I was like the, the very beginning to mm-hmm. the very end is that's how, how 11 was. And for me, um, the 11th Doctor came about in he so he premiered in spring of 2010. And so that was when I was a freshman. I was in you know, my second semester of, of college. And so and then he was he left, uh, you know, December or Christmas of 2013. And I had graduated from college in May of 2013. So, it, like, as part, um, not only was it like my first from beginning to end, it was also like to me, it was almost like this perfect eclipse of my of my you know my my years in college. And I got really into the show at that time and bought box sets. And I got and I lived in a dorm and I got a bunch of my friends into the show with with Eleven. Uh, and I dressed up as him for Halloween a couple times, and you know just all that kind of stuff. And so, like, a lot, there's a lot for me is a lot of not just nostalgia for the the character and the episodes and that point of the show, but also because it was so much of this, like, you know, very, uh, very um, key part of my life, you know, going to school and, you know, getting the art degree and doing all that kind of a thing. And then, you know, graduating and then getting my first adult job and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something you said for that, isn't there? Where it, an era, it, it's at what time of your life and what, what associations you have with it as well that um that, that can really make it special and and uh kind of stand out for you in a way that you know for other people it doesn't have the same resonance i think yeah that's always kind of interesting to think about when people are like if like a doctor maybe isn't um as well liked or or something like that and but people are like but you know to me that's my doctor because at that time you know, X, Y, Z, and people, you know, I got married or I had a kid or I, I was going through this or I had, you know, this. And so I'm always really just because, you know, having gone through that and now it's kind of like being post a couple more doctors. It's like, yeah, I can see how I I understand how important that, that kind of sentimentality is to people. Yeah. Um, so tell us a bit more about the project. It, it looks stunning. The the artwork on the cover and everything like that looks. Uh, looks oh, fantastic. thank you. I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, one of my one of the contributors to that. Um, so this project is called it's called, it's called a pile of good things, um, and within it is a pile of good things. It's a uh, it's a charity zine um, that benefits the Cancer Research Institute, and it has it's made up of uh, twenty one artists. I have I always lose track of the artists because I forget to count myself a lot of times, uh, 21 artists and nine writers. It's a little over a hundred pages. So a hundred pages of art and writing content and, um, all like the art is just, it's all like 11 focus. So, and it's kind of, kind of just told the people like, 
it has to be love and focus, but anyway, do, do whatever you want. And so people did stuff with like, um, there's a, work from kind of all the whole like seasons five through seven and there's stuff from the you know kind of the very very beginning until the very very end and um like some of it's you know cute or funny or beautiful and I was really impressed by all the artwork I'm always I'm always really impressed by um just you know art I'm always just kind of curious about that kind of stuff and what you're gonna what people will make for the projects um and then the stories Again, they uh, they also range from kind of the very beginning to the very end. So there's there's stories with Amy, there's stories with Eleven Solo, and then there's stories with Clara, and they're all you know just kind of self contained little things that I also really enjoyed reading when I was doing all the editing. <laughs> That's brilliant. And I suppose the thing, the unique thing with the Eleventh Doctor is you've got all that time on trends alone that you can you can sort of play with as well and. Uh... Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's like there's all those. I think what's so interesting about with eleven and like um, with eleven in particular is because there were very deliberate time jumps that I don't know if we necessarily got with like ten, for instance. Um, but like with eleven, there's like these. You have a lot of kind of missing time, especially mm-hmm. with like the break between um, the ponds to uh, the snowmen. Yeah. Um, like what was he doing for those hundreds of years besides moping on a cloud? I mean, <laughs> and then of course there's all those, that time on trends alert. So there's a lot of like missing time that the writers took advantage of to like, to fill in the gaps and write stories for that. I think there's even like about 200 years, uh, in between traveling with the ponds, isn't there? Um, is there something like, uh, I might be misremembering this, but with the, um, the Lake Silencio stuff. The doctor there is two hundred years older when he dies. Oh, that's he? right. I forgot about. I forgot about that. I took off when I was uh, working at the restaurant. I took off work deliberately on premiere days so that I could yeah. watch the episodes <laughs> in real time. <laughs> like, why are you taking that day off, Ginger? I'm like, no reason. Yeah. Don't ask me why I'm taking off a Saturday night. <laughs> I'm not telling you that I'm taking it off so that I don't miss Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. It's just, the, um, the stuff but yeah, you're right. It, I forgot about that. But that's, that's just the thing, right? Like you had, there's so much of this time that is open to fill in. Yeah. Uh, no, remind the stuff that you do as a Doctor Who fan like that. Like I sort of don't tell anybody at work that I'm really into Doctor Who that I, I kind of podcast and, and, and stuff like that. But you, no, you, it's you, you my the, um, at that job I didn't do it. My current job, which I've had, and my my my, my, my I've had two jobs since graduating college. Um, the second of which I work at now, and oh, oh, do they know that yeah. I like Doctor Who? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have like a, a little TARDIS on my desk, and um, uh, I work at a print shop. And the screen printer one year for Christmas bought me a Doctor Who coffee mug, oh, okay. and I was like, oh, you do care about me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because I, I work in a very casual environment, so I get to wear fun t-shirts and um i've printed some sh- my, of my own stuff at work because again we are a print shop so oh my my the people know i like doctor sure. who <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember um i was at a wedding the night of the um peter capaldi announcement um hey. I, I wanted to see the live show and um i think one, one of the issues who's actually the brother of the bride we sort of like, well, if we kind of sneak off at this time, we can we can kind of go to his room, and watch the TV show, watch the reveal, and um, I think Blue's got like a text message and things like, um, "We're cutting the cake. Where are you?" <laughs> I and they didn't reveal it till right at the end of the episode, so it was like, "Come on, come on!" <laughs> <laughs> I 
that announcement happened because they did that. They actually did broadcast that live here in the states, but it was it was in the the early afternoon when it happened. And at the time, it was right before I got my first job, and I was teaching art. I was like teaching art classes. And I remember I deliberately, again, I deliberately scheduled the art class earlier so that I yeah. could be home <laughs> in time for the announcement. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, so, funnily enough, my, it's just like the wedding thing. I got, I had a couple of my friends from college got married and they had a Doctor Who themed wedding. And it was um, on a Saturday. It was the day of Mommy on the Orient Express premiering. Mm. And so I was just like, I'm like, oh, I just, I want to, come on. I'm like, I'm so happy to be here. And it was a great wedding, but, oh, I really want to be watching Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, turn off the, like, don't, no internet. Don't have anything. Don't go on Twitter. Don't go on Tumblr. I cannot see any spoilers. I just cannot. Yeah, that's the trouble, and I guess I guess um, um, being kind of your side of the pond as well is um, if it goes out in the UK first. Oh, it's agonizing. Off, off Twitter it, as well. It's it was like especially it was it was kind of like um, so until oh, what's, I don't think they started doing the same day premiere until maybe like Capaldi's first season because otherwise it was just stuff like. Or maybe, maybe in like six or seven, we started it. But like for a while, it was like we were like months delayed. And then I remember with series five, we were like two weeks delayed. And then we fell behind by like four weeks because of holidays here. And it was just stuff like, so like at the end of season five, it's it's Amy and Rory's wedding, which takes place on June 26th, I believe. And so, but that day, and it was that date in the UK, but it wasn't that date when it premiered in America. And so it kind of ruined the date. Cool. So, um, the I believe the um, the orders are only open for a limited time on a pilot. Yeah, weekend. they close next week, so uh, Monday night, not like next Sunday, like Monday the twenty the twenty fifth. Basically, is when pre orders close. So everything is a pre order right now, and uh, so after the twenty fifth, you know, begin production. Uh, digital copies will still be available for pre order for order at that point in time. Like still pre order. But yeah, so if you would like a you know a book, or if you would like any of the merchandise, then the order needs to be in by the twenty fifth cool. of November. Yeah, I will put a link in the show notes to that as well. Um, and as well as that, you've got some really cool Doctor Who stuff on your website, randomthunk.com. Yes. I looking for that earlier. I love hearing my name being spoken yeah. by people. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I just chose this dumb username and then it stuck because I started like I started doing I, I decided to start doing like fan things um, well, after I started taking on that username and then people just know me as Random Thunk and I'm like well this is my life now that's <laughs> that's who I am yeah there's some there's some really cool stuff on there um, the I particularly like the Peter Capaldi Christmas jumper oh yes it is that time of year where if you need a fake Christmas uh, sweater Christmas jumper uh you can buy one that i made i made it last year and i actually just love wearing that shirt it's just it's really fun and uh what does it say i think carol singers will be criticized criticized. and it has 12 of the antlers so it's a good time (laughs) uh no it's really cool and it's um uh chibi style is that am i saying that correctly uh yeah chibi chibi Chibi. uh i don't i don't try and criticize um British pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best friends are British people. 
Yeah, I got I got all kinds of um I got prints and uh, I got some I got lots of shirts, um, a couple of enamel pins, just anything I've made. I decided to put you know I just I've just drawn stuff and make stuff and uh, it's up for sale on my website if you're interested. Cool. I really like the uh, thank God for Scotland and Peter Capaldi stuff as well. Oh. Um, that is my, uh, that's like my best selling item of all time. <laughs> I, uh, designed that a few years ago and, um, it was doing, it was doing pretty all right in sales. And then, uh, one afternoon I get an order from, as my dad calls her, Mrs. Peter Capaldi, Mrs. Dr. Who, Mrs. Peter Capaldi. Oh, wow. So yeah, that, that freaked me the heck out. I like was taking a nap and then I get this email I'm like, Oh, I'm going to place an order. And I was just like, no, no way. <laughs> That's quite an endorsement. So there are, there are, there are people, like I know so she has some and I know people, there are people who have met him and gotten their photos taken with him and uh, all kinds of stuff like that, which is the just the coolest thing in the world to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Cool. And you were saying just before we started recording that you visited Scotland early this year for the first time? Yes, I got to go to Scotland. It is my, if I have to, if I need a second home away from uh, the US, it would be Glasgow. I really loved being there and going there. And um, it, so the, my, I've done two other zines so far. And the last zine I did was, it was called Moon Man. And it was a, another charity scene, but it was um, Peter Capaldi centric, which is, and this is the, it's like the funniest phrase of words I can think of to say, which is I did a Peter Capaldi charity zine. And it was just like a bunch of, it's just a lot of artwork that was chronicling his career from, you know, from the first thing until kind of like the present day. And the proceeds went to the Glasgow School of Art. And so I actually finished fulfilling all the orders. And then, you know, two days later, I'm on a plane to the UK and I got to go to Glasgow. I got to, part of the thing was going to Glasgow and I got to see the School of Art and, all that fun, all that good stuff, and so that was really cool. Just being like pointing at the building, like I, I did, I, I gave, I did a charity scene for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. It's cool. Uh, so, did you get any feedback from Peter Capaldi's wife? I did. I no, um, and that's fine. Uh, all the feedback I need is that she she bought some shirts, yeah. which is which is perfectly fine with me. I'm very happy about that. And I know, um, he, he, I heard a story from somebody who I, I don't know if it, if it was like they met him through a photo ops or if they were like kind of working the convention, but they were like, she was wearing the shirt and she met him and he was like, Oh, that shirt. And you know, my wife has that shirt. And the story I got was like, she bought it for her and their daughter and then they wore them and surprised him with it. And I was like, that is the perfect story to me. That's I just, brilliant. that is the. You know, like that's just so, you know, that's just, that's just so much fun and so cool. That's great. Yes. Yeah, so have you, um, you have had the chance to meet him at a convention or anything like that? I met him. I got to meet him once. Uh, he went to a convention that I was working at and that was, uh, you know, it was the most like flustering moment of my life <laughs> where it's like, I, I'm at that moment where I'm like more of my t-shirts have met you than I have met yeah. you. And uh, Yeah. So I got to meet him one time and this cause like whenever he does conventions in the U S he goes to, uh, stuff primarily on the coast. So he's in New York or he's in California. And I'm like, I live in neither of those places. And like, I don't know if you know, but the U S is really big. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so when people are like, 
oh, just go to New York. I'm like, that's two days away from me. That's a long trip. <laughs> it's a long and expensive trip. So, but I did get to meet him once and it was, uh, it was, it was a, you know, it was a good time. And I'm, I was, uh, because I worked the convention, I did, I did artwork and graphics for it. And during his panel, they had like a running background and one of my drawings got behind him during the panel. And I was coincidentally during a question I got to ask him. And so it was the most like humble brag moment of my life being like, hi, I drew what you're standing in front of right now. I'm so hum. I'm just so nervous right now. <laughs> he's, that's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he, I met him earlier this year in at a convention in Edinburgh and he's, because um, sometimes it's a little bit awkward and you, you queue up for an autograph, something like that, and you don't really know what to say. Right. Um, but I think he's probably the, the the kind of Doctor Who actor or whatever that I've met that just instantly puts you at your ease. Um, just kind of, uh, you know, you just, you just kind of had questions for everybody um, and, and really took time to speak to everybody. It was uh, it was great, great meeting him. Yeah, I always, I always hear that about him, and he's very, you know, he's very kind, and um, you know, just does a lot. With, you know, kind of goes the extra mile for fans, which you know is really cool, especially nowadays. That's just really cool to know about people. Yeah, and and is uh, he donated everything, all the money from his um, autographs and everything to charity? Um, that oh yeah, that's right. I remember that fans. one. Yeah, yeah, it was the one that's really famous for him um, getting yeah, borrowing the guitar. Um, and uh, he's singing uh, David Bowie, Starman. Uh, it kind of was uh, was all over Twitter and everything at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd already left, so I missed that, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it was on the train on the way home. I was thinking, oh, that would have been great. But yeah, it's... Um, oh, yeah. Why didn't I stay? Yeah. <laughs> cool. But yeah, so everyone should, should um, check out. I'll put links in the show notes to where you can get a pile of good things. Um, and Random Thunk is where you can get um, uh, get more of Ginger's artwork on T-shirts yeah. and, um, <laughs> and badges. Cool. Well, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a, been a yeah. pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for Yeah, thank you time. so much. Again, this was, this was fun. That's great. And we'll uh, hopefully have you back on soon. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Sorry, that was the last thing I was going to say. Great question. No, it's uh, so uh, you can find me on um, Tumblr and Instagram at randomthunk. My website is randomthunk.com. On Twitter, um, it's an old username that I can't change now. It's it's uh, Katoi, so it's K A T A O I. That's my personal account. And then for the zine, um, if you ever if you want to follow the zine for the current project or any future projects, which I have planned, is uh, Rasm. So R A T H Z E M on the Twitters and the Tumblers and .com to purchase it. Great. And I'll, I'll put links to all those in the show notes too. Cool. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.